Ever since joining a conference in the 90s, Pitt Panthers have always tripped up and have had at least one loss in the non-conference play before going into their main slate of schedule. And this year, unfortunately, was no different. The Panthers fell to a Western Michigan team at home when they were double-digit favorites. Will they be able to rebound? We'll talk about that and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. finishing it in these final 30 minutes? Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia where we knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happening in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. Dude, one hell of a game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of September 25th. 2021 and this is the hail to pit podcast i'm alan i'm vince and i'm pam did you come here to get over it did you come here for more pain why are you here well sometimes you just like watching the same movie over and over and over again and after a big w on the road pit blue chunks all over heinz field against western michigan and we have to ask this week was this the enough's enough game for Pat Narduzzi, so many, so many angry questions to ask and answer this week, Vince. And thank goodness we have Pam back to help us do all that. Welcome back to the show, Pam. You chose a very interesting week to do it. This game was uh, so bad, I had to come and air my grievances out about the Pit Panther. So I'm on limited appearances this year, but this was one I, I had to use one of my bookings for. A full disclosure before the season, uh, Pam said, I'm not com- coming on until they lose their non-conference game because we all knew it was coming. So she planned for this. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, I-, I was super hot after this game. And uh, I told Pam, we got to have you on this week uh, just to try to make some sense of what's going on here, because I'm still not quite sure if I figured it out. I I think we all have a good sense of it. I think Pam's going to give us some good sense. And I I have some things to say this week because, man, did we not see it coming? We said as much, I mean, a little bit last week, half jokingly, half serious. And here we are, Pitt with that first blemish on their record, and uh, ACC play around the corner. It's a New Hampshire prep week, which I'm super hyped for. But if you're here still listening to the show, thank you. Hell to pit to you. Hell to you. But we know that I know there's a lot of people that aren't tuning in this week just because of that loss. They told me as much when I saw them around town last week, Vince. So I hope the people you talked to didn't jump the bandwagon like the people I talked to visiting this past weekend. Yeah, well, people I've been talking to are just extremely disappointed, as as we all are. Uh, you know, some people, you know, I, I don't feel like enough people I'm talking to are giving up. I think people are still hanging in there. I think mostly because they expected it, uh, <laughs> so they were they were they were ready uh, for this. Uh, but there's still a lot of ball to be played, so much, and we're going to be talking about it. So much ball to be played. Let's get into the review of the game. We'll look ahead to New Hampshire. Have a lot of fun, even though some of us are miserable. Well, most of us are miserable this week. At H2P Show on Twitter is where you can reach us. Hail the number two pit podcast on G- at gmail.com. If you want to email us, and we appreciate all the feedback and 
interactions we get there on Twitter and, of course, on Panther Lair, where we're hanging out, where it was a dungeon of doom more than a Panther Lair this weekend, uh, right after the game with all the posts I was looking at there. So maybe we'll get into some of that coming up. And, of course, this week we are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. If you want to get your own podcast started, maybe a pit, another pit podcast. I say the more the merrier one where you break down the first loss every year in your own special way because this is like a new tradition on this show. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com to get your own podcast started today. Okay, Western Michigan, let's dive into this thing. And before we start talking existential stuff with Pat Narduzzi's job and where we go as a program, just break down the actual game against the Broncos. Why, Pam? You're here. I've been waiting all week for this. Why was the defense so bad in your opinion you saw it there with your own two eyes. In my opinion, it was the same old Narduzzi not adapting to what they were doing. They did the same slant routes, the same crap the entire game. It was Narduzzi not changing his scheme and not adapting to what they were doing. Western Michigan, give them credit. They came in and they saw a position they could attack yeah. this pit defense and they hammered it home and Pitt never adapted. And that's the same thing we've been dealing with this whole Narduzzi era. And it was like, oh, wait till he gets better players, his own recruiting class. And the defense is good and they have great players. They send guys to the NFL. However, he needs to adapt his scheme when a team, a good team, a very good team, Western Michigan can find the weakness and exploit it. What, what's this stuff about uh, Tim Lester uh, before the game basically called the whole thing and said that they, they knew what Pitt was yeah. going to do defensively and just went out and picked him apart. There's a lot of talk about that, Vince. Illuminate me. I saw I saw some of what was said. Colin Narduzzi a buffoon, a lot of people reading the subtext there. Yeah, uh, Western Michigan coach Tim Lester. This is not the bus driver, Alan, from what, what no. I understand. Um, no, not the bus driver. But uh, he was an offensive coordinator at Syracuse, uh, all the way back in 2015, okay, and he said that he watched the tape of the Pitt-Syracuse game 300 times, 300 times in preparation for this, uh, Alan, and you got to think, you know, a condensed game film, I know you're watching those more than anybody, that's what, like 25 minutes, uh, you know, times 300, so it, it seems like you could with an off-season and a game week to prepare, you could get all that content in. Um, yeah, uh, hats off Enough to that coffee. guy for doing that much uh, yeah. that much research on this game. Um, and he said that he identified uh, certain things, uh, certain ways to attack. Uh, and he said that you know, watching that game back then, and watching the Panthers so far this season, uh, in terms of scheme, nothing's really changed. And and like you said, Pam, uh, they hit. Uh, certain slant passes. It seemed like they were only they only ran like four different plays the whole game, and uh, and pitches couldn't stop it. I counted two. I counted two. I don't know if there were more uh, than two different plays run. Uh, they ran. Uh, well, okay, yeah, maybe some different formations, but in terms of uh, you know concepts or uh, you know uh, root patterns, you know they threw a slant over the middle. Uh, they threw a quick out. Uh, they threw uh, a bubble screen 
type thing. And then they they uh, just did a handoff to the running back straight up the middle. That's all, that's all I saw. And, and Pam, you talked about Narduzzi not adjusting. Well, in his, I'm interested to hear what your reaction is to this. In the press conference uh, this week, not right after the game, but the press conference this week, uh, he was asked about that. And he said that uh, he did make adjustments during the game, but then Western Michigan just adjusted back. What and- adjustments did he – I wanted <laughs> someone to follow up and say, what I, were those adjustments? I, I, because I did not see one adjustment. I, I don't know what they were. Uh, you know, probably what he would say is I need to go back and review the tape and, and really really look <laughs> at it uh, to see if I could understand what these adjustments were. And, you know, he kind of – he was almost kind of throwing a uh, defensive coordinator, Randy Bates, under the bus, kind of saying that we weren't, you know, he wouldn't have done what was what the defense was doing, which is ridiculous to me. He's running your scheme. Well, and at <laughs> halftime, You're you the head as coach. a head coach change it up yeah. at halftime. Go in there well, well, because it wasn't like they had this offensive well, explosion in the second half. It was from the well, get-go. Well, I will say, uh, you know, in the in the first half, the last five possessions that Western Michigan had, there were four punts and one was a touchdown, but that was on a very short field, I believe, uh, after one of the turnovers. So it seemed like at the end of the first half they were, you know, getting in gear a little bit defensively, and they were starting to stop these guys. But then in the second half, I don't know. They just didn't. <laughs> but you, this is this is Narduzzi's team, Narduzzi's defense, yada, yada, yada. We hear all about Narduzzi's defense. And the way this team can win is by defense. You cannot – I don't care about the turnovers. I don't care about the fumbles. I don't care about the poor offense. This game was lost on the defense. Yeah. 100%. Pam's right. And the, and the fact that he came out in this press conference just, I think, makes it look even worse – from what he said, yeah, I mean, it just feels like some blame was deflected, and maybe it's a guy who realized that that was the loss that is that that broke his uh, his back that that you know that get, gets him out of town, and that's what a lot of people are saying this week. Uh, a game from six years ago was used to prep for this game. That's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for Pat Narduzzi. I and they were successful. And they were very <laughs> successful. It's embarrassing for Pat Narduzzi, uh, and I can't. And you know, for the Pitt Panthers, uh, you know, I think as a school, as a brand, as a university, we'll move on. Because when Pat Narduzzi's gone, I st- I will have hope for the Pitt Panthers. But that game might be the end of his career as a head coach ever, and maybe as a defensive coordinator. Who would hire you if that if you were getting steamed <laughs> six years ago? What is what the hell was that? And what adjustments was he talking about? The maybe they we blitzed more guys and left the middle more wide open than it was in the first half. Maybe that's what the adjustment yeah. he's talking about. It made no sense. It was like watching uh, a high school game and a team just runs the same play over and over again because the other team is incapable of stopping it. But in this case, Pitt probably was capable of stopping it. It was like they were they had a ball and chain and it called the coaching staff holding them back. I blame no players on the defense well, that, for this that, loss. I don't blame anybody. Well, that's I, I just don't I just don't understand. I mean, you know, it was third and six uh, at the end of the game, and you know, as bad as the defense had played. You know, 
you felt like if they would have just stopped them right there, Kenny Pickett would have go down and score, would have went down and scored, and we'd have won this ball game. And now we would have still been, you know, upset with the defensive performance, but the the attitude would have been, you know, drastically different. Uh, I, you know, they were hitting that route all the time. You know, the safety there that you're asking a safety to come up and cover a slot receiver, and they can't. They couldn't do it. I mean, and that's been something that we have seen done against this team time and time again. North Carolina has destroyed us. Yeah, uh, you know, u- using the those c- types of plays. I mean, they got uh, that NC State game last year this was on, on the last touchdown. NC vu. State had that same type of play. I mean, they just uh, they refused to put real cover corners in the slot to cover receivers, and I have no idea why. Virginia Tech has done it, too. I remember uh, Virginia Tech doing it. You could see it. You could watch it every every single time. Yeah, I mean, they're putting these... If bozos like us can figure it out (laughs) at home, the other team who spends time and money in the scouting is going to figure it out. I mean, they... I don't... These safeties, I'm not saying they're bad players. You know, I, I think... But they're not being utilized for their 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 strengths. You know, maybe if you had a Paris Ford or maybe if you had a DeMar Hamlin, you know, you could get away with something like that. Uh, you know, maybe guys are more experienced. But this was how, – how could you not change something up at, at all? Personnel, you know, scheme. You know, I, I don't know what it is. You know, you, know, blitz, you talked about blitzing Allen. Yeah, they, they couldn't get after this guy at all. Not one, not one thing that they tried. They could not even get close to this guy. I mean, they had some pressures, but the fact was they were running these quick slants to get rid of the ball so quick, and it's it's that's how you beat it. You know, they they had a great plan for de- beating the great pit pass rush, and the, I think this is all just disrespectful on Pat Narduzzi's end. What disrespect to show Western Michigan a MAC team? This isn't a an FCS team. This was a, a, a quality Mac team. We said their offense is not bad at all. And they just refuse to refuse to adjust. Just go out there and expect your players to be that much better than everybody and stop uh, these plays where they're just left out on an island uh, it was disrespectful to the opponent. It didn't do anybody any service uh, to just not adjust and put someone in the damn middle of the field to not. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, you know, yeah. If you want to, if you want to cover those receivers, yeah, you know, the way they were, fine. But you know, you have all these middle, uh, these gr- supposedly good linebackers. Why weren't they? You know, just put a couple guys in zone in the middle of the field and it's have them not, just uh, knock not the ball, like, down, yeah, take up space. It's not like uh, <laughs> Caleb Ellaby was, you know touch passing it over a linebacker's head to make these completions or zipping it between a a real small space between a corner and a linebacker. No, this was just throwing it up into the middle of the field where a receiver totally burnt uh, the guy covering him at the line. There's nobody in the middle at all. It was a joke. And yeah, like Pam said, I'm with you. I don't care about the turnovers. I'm not even upset about some of the poor run blocking on the offensive line side. I really don't care about anything offensively from that game. They did just fine. They responded. I mean, the fact is this, you said it, 
This was all defensive, and I put it all on Pat Narduzzi. I almost don't want to shame any one player on this field because I don't feel like they deserve it, even though they, they went out and lost the game. The coaching staff just totally fumbled this uh, in terms of game planning and then in-game execution. What a shame. What a shame because Pitt could have been undefeated going to the ACC, but the silver lining is they could still win the ACC technically, I guess, or the Coastal. And that's we'll get into that in a second. Would they even adjust for the ACC play? We'll get into that in a sec, Pam. But anything left from the Western Michigan game? Do you want to call it any players? Do you want to ask uh, why Gabe Hoy is still playing uh, tackle for the Pitt Panthers? I I was going to say, I mean, even though uh, I put all this blame on the defense and the defensive coaching staff, I mean, the offense still cannot run the ball. And it's it's no. very frustrating to watch. Um, were you surprised at – are we – I mean, we know I'm a big Vincent Davis fan. I guess that's the guy, right? I guess that's his guy Wait. because – but he – some. I just feel like – you know, I would like to see a Bodnaconda more out there. It, and it's it, just, it's, it's not going to happen. It, and it, it's just tough to watch this offense. It, I feel bad for well, Pickett. Well, uh, well, they did score 40 points having sure. the ball only 20 minutes Correct. at the game. And they have more as many yards as Western Michigan practically. But, but in a game like this, you want to be able to see – usually you want to be able to try different things out and work on things. And I would have liked to seen them run the ball more. Maybe if they were able to run the ball more, they would have had a greater time of possession in the game. And Western Michigan wouldn't have had so many opportunities to score. And you could say, you know, that interception thrown by Pickett was bad. It was As great as he played. Uh, You know, there was a sack, you know, a crucial sack on a, on a a fourth and long. It wasn't Kenny Pickett's best day. But no, but he's, I still played pretty damn good. Right. Uh, there was, uh, you know, there was the one bobbled step. But, you know, if you're running the ball effectively, there, there's less risk Correct. of that kind of stuff happening. And, you know, they just, they just don't want to run the ball, which I could, I could understand that if you just don't want to do it. But whenever they do, they're just so bad at it. You know, we've talked about this constantly, you know, running out of the shotgun you got to have some really good personnel. You got to have some good linemen to do it because you're really only blocking with like five or six guys. And they, this is just not what they're doing. And it's so disappointing because at the end of last season, three of those last four games, uh, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Florida State, they ran all over those guys, over 150 yards rushing uh, in, in all those contests. I believe Georgia Tech, they went in for 300 yards um, against. And and all those games, Alan, uh, there were you know they were run the ball almost thirty five, forty carries a game, so they were really committed to it. But you had different personnel. Uh, Matt Goncalves was in the game uh, uh, last year, and he was just moving people out of the way. And you know this season, I just don't understand what happened in this in this, uh, in this Western Michigan game. Owen Drexel comes out of the game at center. You move Jake Cradle over. Uh, from guard to center, fine. But then you have Keldrick Wilson, who is a grad transfer from Hampton, Hampton College. And this is somebody who we haven't talked about at all. Coach hasn't really even talked about this guy. Uh, we thought it would have been Blake Zubovic or Goncalves coming in. And, you know, it, this didn't help the running game either. 
So like what I, I just don't understand this, you know, this personnel decision here, because it seems like if this is how they want to run the ball, the personnel has got to be better. Yeah, this made uh, no sense either. Not as egregious as what coaching did on the on the defensive side, but still, I don't know. I'm going to chalk this up to just trying to get guys playing time. It gets an opponent that they thought that they were superior uh, towards. And and, and that's disrespectful again. It's just not shown any respect to the opponent. And who knows what we're in for against New Hampshire now because they're not even a MAC team. But uh, this was this was uh, just. To, it's it was inexplicable. This is the thing that gets me. Why is Kenny Pickett? I mean, he this is how he plays. But why is is why are you calling plays and why is the offensive line playing poorly? Where Kenny Pickett has to run and dive head first and put his body on the line against Western Michigan. Dumb on his part because he should know. He I mean he should take away some of the respect maybe because it's a long season. But to do this against Western Michigan and almost get knocked out of the game and who knows for how long, that was terrifying. And I don't know who we blame for that, but that happened against Western Michigan, Pam, not UNC. This wasn't against Clemson. Kenny Pickett almost lost his entire arm with a guy landing on him. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just inexcusable. He shouldn't have to do that against... And a September non-conference game against a MAC team, um, it shouldn't happen. I will say, historically in his tenure, compared to Pitt years past, Narduzzi is pretty good at beating the teams he should beat. That's true. That's true. And He's so this is a... No. <laughs> and, yeah, and he's no Paul Christ either, but uh, he... So this is just a big stinker on his resume, though. And it in a year where they had the easiest non-conference that they're probably ever going to have. Because, <laughs> because if this alliance starts, I'm serious. Like, in a few years, they're going to have to play, like, more Power 5 teams. There, no offense to New Hampshire. They might not have a New Hampshire on their schedule in future years. They still may have some MAC opponents, but it's this. it, it was bad. Yikes. And you know what? I hate to say it because I was so happy last week. Pat Narduzzi had me believing. I like that he the, the trust he instills and in how it's very hard to earn playing time on defense for him. But uh, this week, I mean, just the the it just the tape doesn't lie. It was so plain to see. Would you say, Pam, if a bunch of bozos like us could see how obvious yeah. the defense was being exploited, how obvious it was for you to adjust? Like, who knows? I mean, this really makes you think that uh, the, the administration is going to probably be asking some questions about Pat Narduzzi unless something drastically happens moving forward the rest of the season. So let's talk about it. Our next our next our next opportunity here, Vince, New Hampshire, an undefeated squad, the team I've been waiting for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, New Hampshire. Th- this is a, a team. This is Pitt is the only, uh, I think, FBS team that they play on their schedule. Actually, there, there may be one other one, but only the only Power Five team that they play. Uh, they've beaten Stony Brook, Towson, and Lafayette. Allen, not the one that you're used to. Uh, a different yeah. one. Uh, yeah. And they're undefeated. Uh, you know they they've they forced nine takeaways on the year and they haven't turned the ball over. They've only committed ten penalties. 
this is a, a well-disciplined team from all I, I can see. Uh, but still, 10 penalties in, th- in three games. Uh, but from what, from what I can tell, you know, this is still a team that, you know, this should be, this should be no issue here. You know, they need to come out just absolutely snorting and, and just demolish this team. And I'm not quite sure, you know, I would think that's, that New Hampshire is going to come out and try some of that, uh, uh, some of the Eastern or the Western Michigan playbook and they better be ready to stop it. I'm terrified of it. I'm terrified to see what defense we put out there in terms of scheme. Well, I could tell you exactly what defense they're going to put it out there. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, everybody's watching the middle of that field when they're on defense. And if I'm on offense, here's my strategy. It's the only only game planning I, I, I'm going to talk about this week. For offense, Pam, I know you want to see this. You want to see running the ball. Pitch just run the veer the entire game. Just run an old school, outdated nearly u- unusable offensive scheme this this week just to really hammer home to the offensive line you need to be ready to run block in the ACC something needs to be done on the ground against a team like New Hampshire this yeah weekend. yeah and hopefully they come out and stomp them and we can see some Nick Patty in this game but I, it needs to be a statement things need to look better and I don't care about showing opponents you know just come out and play your game. Don't try and get too cute. Come out there and stomp them, and let's move on to the ACC. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this. You know, I'm, it, our our game is not running the ball, and, and I don't think it should be. No, because but, but I think to have a little bit time of possession would have made a difference. Yeah. And no, I don't think you need to run the ball thirty times. I think you you know Kenny Pickett can still throw it forty fifty times, but. It needs to look better than what it is. Yeah, so yeah, it needs to be more effective. Uh, but so I, I would, I would still come out throwing. This is the best passing offense Pitt has had in a very long time. I would keep doing that, but I, I'm going to keep uh, pounding the table, talking about how we need uh, a, a different lineup in there on the offensive line, and I think Abanaconda needs to get more of a opportunity in there. You know, only a couple carries here and there every game is is just not enough. If he's as good as as all these coaches and players have made him seem like it, well, let's get out there and let's see what he's really got. Uh, let, let's give him the op- a real opportunity to go out there and, and run by some people. Yes, please give us Izzy. We want Izzy this game. And also, my new favorite thing, also just to lighten it up, I'm really a big fan of Jared Wayne's big, slow yakking. I love yeah. seeing Jared Wayne after the catch, slowly spinning around guys and getting nobody and people don't tackle him. It's very entertaining to see. I wish Lucas Kroll could do some of that. Is he like a young Yancey Thigpen, you think? I mean, I won't put him in that category, but he's got some of that. He's got, uh, I think, some actually, I'd say some of me and Pitt intramurals, too. <laughs> just some, it's just one of the great slow yards after catch guys. But that's a whole nother different type of game, too. So maybe that's apples and oranges. Uh, Pitt, New Hampshire. Uh, name one player on New Hampshire that you're uh, excited to see up against Pitt. Good luck. I tried listening. They don't even have a student station for uh, me to <laughs> scout their their student football podcast. So I'm, I'm, I'm lost for this one. Yeah, I, I haven't scouted them very closely, but we should not need to. Uh, we should, absolutely should not need to. Uh, th- this... 
this should be uh, uh, just an absolute uh, blowout. Please, for the love of God, put somebody in the middle of the field on defense. Jeez, oh, man. So uh, moving after this game, though, and the ACC starts, is there like college football is tough, Pam, because a loss like that, and it feels like the season's over. But is it for Pitt? Because Pitt's really, this is who they are. They're a get-over-a-loss type team and maybe salvage the season. Is it possible Pitt could, like, at the end of this thing, be putting Pat Narduzzi on their shoulders and everyone said, what a job he did this year, except for that one game against Western Michigan? I mean, I just uh, – the fact that the defense looks so bad has me – and it didn't look particularly great against Tennessee either. So the fact that the defense hasn't looked what it should be capable of and what it needs to be for this team to succeed in the ACC has me a little nervous. Okay, I think that's a fair point. Um, I I think that this team can still, you know, achieve the record uh, that people were hoping for at the beginning of the season. What is, can you remind us of that number? Well, I, you know, you know, I, I What's th- the record I you think, were hoping for? Well, I'll say this. I still think this team can win, you know, eight or nine games. I still think they can. And and for some people, you know, they – and maybe for Pat Narduzzi, maybe he needs to win nine games. Or, uh, you know, maybe he, he needs to find other work. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll evaluate that at the end of the season. This team can still absolutely, you know, if the goal is to, you know, win a conference championship and, you know, play for the conference championship at, at least and, and win nine ball games, they absolutely can can do this. The fact that they're still alive uh, after that, uh, <laughs> after that loss for an eight or nine win season is unfathomable to a lot of pit fans, but it's very possible. I would say damn near likely. Um, but remember, at least I'll remind you, Pam, at the beginning of the season, I had Pitt losing their first four conference games and actually going undefeated for the first time in forever non-conference. So my plans are all blown up, but I still have hope, still looking at the schedule, still looking at how some of the other teams in the ACC yeah. have performed in non-conference Correct. themselves and in conference and seeing injuries that are happening. I mean, Pitt is going to be going into ACC play totally alive and totally as a contender in the coastal because it's well obviously a lower and a low end uh power five division and you know just get through new hampshire get that taste out of your mouth the georgia tech game in a week is going to be uh very exciting because it's it's gonna be hopeful again i i think i think Pitt can crush this week and then, uh, you know, maybe we have a short memory because you have to. Hopefully, Pat Narduzzi does well, and his players do. Fans probably won't until they win some ACC games. Well, if you look back uh, at, at Pitt's history, recent history at least, if you go back the past 30 years, there, there are two best seasons that they've had, uh, probably two, 2008, 2009, you know, 2008, they lost. They were ranked to start the season, lost to Bowling Green in, in the first game of the season. Uh, a big shocker in the, at home, and then ended up having a pretty good uh, season. Uh, in 
2009, they lost an early game at, at NC State, who finished the season with a losing record, even though they had some guy named Russell Wilson on their team. Um, and Pitt rebounded there to achieve a, a ranking in the top 10 at one point during that season. Uh, I believe eighth in the country is what they ended up being. So, you know, they've proved they can rebound from bad losses. Now, we haven't seen it with this particular staff. Uh, well, uh, to achieve greatness, and they have not. But we will say, you know, they have lost some head scratchers. There's no doubt about that. But uh, players have never quit on on Pat Narduzzi and, and this staff. They've always come out the next week fired up. Yeah, some some years they just weren't good enough. But they have come out fired up, and I expect them to do that because I still think there's a lot of talent on this team. And if we're to believe that in co- today's college football that offense is that important and you got to be able to score a lot of points, well, well this pit team can do it. And I think that's going to keep them in a lot of games. Positive note there to end the New Hampshire preview on what I've been looking for, forward to for weeks Pit against New Hampshire. I can't wait. Is this a home and home? Are we going to get them no, in their place? No. I want to travel there so bad. <laughs> no? Okay. Maybe we'll get that on the books. Call Heather like somebody. Maybe we'll send her a note. I'll, maybe I'll tweet at her. Why not on the Pitternet? Can you explain what internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. And to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. We're a good dog football team. I'm proud of these guys. See Fox go on Panther Lair. Oh, this week we're hitting the Pitternet hard and we're hitting those Panther Lair corners hard. See Fox go on Panther Lair said, if there were 60,000 fans at Heinz Field last Saturday, does Pitt win? No, it's just more people to see them disappointed. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm not going to say that the crowd makes no difference, but I will say it doesn't make maybe that much of a difference that the crowd was, wasn't going to be calling the plays, put it that way. I mean, with, even if it's really loud out, it's not hard to just hit a wide open slant, which I mean, that's, that's all they would have still had to do. That wouldn't have changed anything. Uh, Maybe if there were 60,000 fans, it would have been more pressure on Pat Narduzzi to change his scheme on defense with people screaming at him. But I don't know. Charlotte Yinzer 96 on Panther Lair says we have hired coordinators the last two times with mediocre results. The next guy needs head coaching experience. I would prefer an offensive minded guy. For me, Joe Moorhead has to be the leading candidate. Who do you guys like for the job? Any splash hires we should be looking at? First question I'd like to ask after reading that question is, does it count as head coaching experience what Joe Moorhead's done? <laughs> I don't know. He's still coordinator. He is. Yeah, he's doing a great job at Oregon. And I think maybe there are some people that might just be coordinators. And Joe Moorhead might be one of those people. I don't know um, if that's the case. But uh, I I don't know. We're in – we're not – Pat Narduzzi is not going to go – mid-season so I haven't even or beginning of the season so I haven't even thought of it but I don't I Joe Moorhead is not going to come to Pitt so I think all Pitt fans can put that to rest I think if he wants to coach he's going to get a bigger job than Pitt if Oregon continues to fire on all cylinders here 
I have a splash higher. Uh, what about Coach O after I don't think I don't think it would work. go up the, above the Mason Dixon line. I don't know. He went out the. Well, he wasn't the head coach. Could you, what? Yeah, he's yeah. not at this Syracuse. point. He's maybe been all in his over. Career. Uh, whoever he's all over. Whoever not afraid of travel, T boy. He's newly single. I mean, he's gonna, he's probably he's a bachelor again. He can roam all over the country. Kids are grown. Can go wherever he wants. Oh my god! I'm gonna start lobbying for this hard if they get rid of Narduzzi. If if we are we are looking for a new coach, I don't want to hire anybody over the age of forty. Oh, we we need somebody young, somebody that is hungry. I'm not I'm not saying the you know, coach doesn't want Narduzzi doesn't want to win. I'm just saying we need somebody that is new that is willing to adapt and and do all the the latest and greatest stuff. I, th- I think that's what we need. Tyler Palco, here we go. He might be over 40. No, he's not. If we're not 40, he's like barely he's barely a year or two older than us, I think. I don't know. Uh, Tyler Palco, next pit head coach. J1976 on Panther Lair said, I feel better the next day. Pull out positives, etc. Not this time. Uh, basically saying there's – we've already – pulled nuggets of positivity out of that game out of that loss uh to not overreact uh because the like vince said the offense is kicking ass i mean pam there's definitely positives we pulled out some already j1976 needs to calm down i don't know i see what he's saying this one was a particularly big gut punch though i feel like i i I get what you're saying j1976 yeah it it does but obviously but like the the doom and gloom needs to stop, especially so early in the season. I will say that. Not for if you're just rooting only for Pat Narduzzi, then yes, there is very little positives to take away for him. But as a team <laughs> and as a, as a program, I think uh, Pitt is going to move forward in a positive direction. Far more Night Stalker, maybe the greatest handle of them all on Panther Lair, said about Narduzzi. After the New Hampshire game, great team win today. I thought our guys responded nicely. That's a good football team over there. I mean, that's ripped from the future headlines. Yeah, that's that's probably what he's going to say. Uh, and yeah, that uh, that great team win. I hope that I hope that that's what he's saying. I think he'll also be saying, Jerry, you know that we were prepared for this game. Yeah, he loves talking to Jerry DePaula. Um, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> great team went. Hey, so far, this has been a great team show. It's great to have you back, Pam. And, you know, a lot of people around town have been asking where you've been. Happy you're on the show this week. They're all, they're all talking about uh, Pitt football. You know, uh, just a rough weekend in general for football fans around Pittsburgh. Well, let's just get a glimpse right now about what they're saying, Vince. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Another Saturday coming, and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. You know them teams over at Heinz Field can't win over there because that grass is so bad. Yeah, you know, and all of them whippy old games they allow over there, that field gets all tore up. Oh, well, they'd be undefeated right now if they played with some of them AstroTurf. Yeah, you know, Pickett's definitely a better turf quarterback than a grass quarterback, according to them, all them analytics. Hail to pit. So that's what the Yinzers are saying. Uh, just not not a lot of good stuff happening over on the North Shore uh, this past weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We're going to double it up again this weekend. We'll, we'll see if we could do 
uh, a little bit better uh, uh, this Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Alan, there is some uh, not a huge slate uh, of college football games, but but a few good ones uh, we got to talk about. Oh, college football! Last weekend, I was uh, really disappointed with you. There was very little you gave me around the country to be happy about, but this year's this week's a new opportunity, and I'm I'm pulling real hard for for the Big Ten for for the first time in a long time because I want to see Notre Dame go down to Wisconsin real bad, Vince. Yeah, yeah, uh, the the 12th ranked Irish, uh, a six and a half point underdog against uh, number 18 Badgers. Pam, this game's going to be played at Soldier Field. It's the game day game too, and and the big noon game. Uh, so there's there's going to be a lot of people in town for this one. Uh, a, a rare Soldier Field game. Um, the, these this I don't it doesn't seem like there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Yeah, and I think uh, Wisconsin's going to come out um, on top. You said Wisconsin's a six and a half point favorite. Yep, yep, six and a half right six now. Six and a half points. I mean, I think that just goes to show in their loss against Penn State, they really should have won that, but they turned it over so many times in the red zone. Notre Dame's looked not great either. I think Wisconsin's going to control this game and uh, really, really uh, win here. I think they're going to win by more than a touchdown. I think they're going to yeah. win and cover. I think this is a Wisconsin control the game, and I think uh, – all of they, Notre Dame's flaws are going to come out. They just have no on offense. I know, Wisconsin, I know. They have not. They have nothing. I mean, what are they? But Notre Dame's offensive line's been ter- not great, and they can't. Kyron Williams hasn't been great this year, and um, I I think it's a Wisconsin game here. Yeah, I'm I'm all about it too, Pam. I like the the win. I like the cover. Notre Dame has you know was iffy against Toledo the earlier this year. I think last week was a cover against Purdue, if I'm not mistaken. So they did. It was they, they, only because yeah. they wouldn't let him bring that drum in there. Uh, yeah, that should that needs to be pointed out. Big, big, big home field advantage last week. They really took advantage of of Purdue in every aspect. But the other two games, Toledo and Florida State, this year just shows you what a vulnerable team Notre Dame is. Uh, they got a coach who's making off color jokes in a day and age where you you should be smarter. Uh, in front of a camera, even if, you know, maybe, you know, I'm, I wasn't upset about what he said a couple weeks ago, Brian Kelly, the execution. It was also comment, a bad joke, though. Just a dumb dad joke. So bad. Like, no, it's, I mean, maybe once upon a time you could get away with it. And so it's, oh, that Brian Kelly, old man. Oh, but come on. It's just lame. Uh, so this lame Notre Dame team's going down. In front of probably a crowd that'll be full of their fans, I think they're going to travel well for it, and that might I don't, that uh, that might be tough because these games have been played. Or no, the, did they do a Wrigley game between these two teams before? Was that like Northwestern and some? Oh no, I don't. Probably yeah, Northwestern. probably Northwestern. But I, I imagine there's going to be a lot of you know cheese curd eaten, kibasi eaten, bratwurst eaten, beer drinking Wisconsin people coming down to Soldier Field for this one. Yeah, and then if you want the betting a- aspect of this too, uh, this is crazy. Eighty um, percent of the cash is on Wisconsin. Ninety-five percent of the tickets are on Notre Dame. 
Okay, let me log on to my app here. and <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. That's a wild. Uh, yeah, I'll about. Let's just put our Wisconsin. We'll, we'll be set putting in. a bet in on on Wisconsin pretty shortly. Someone put a big old bet on Wisconsin, putting their life on the line. There's a big yacht in Lake Michigan that's on the line for in this game. I, I'm excited for it. Second best game of the weekend behind Pitt and uh, New Hampshire, uh, obviously. But then you have another good one in A and M. One of my playoff picks in Arkansas. Vince's favorite Cinderella, I'm going to call them, in the SEC. Team that's knocked off Texas undefeated and ready to go toe-to-toe now in a big SEC showdown, a real one, because Texas isn't there yet. Yeah, yeah, the big Southwest Conference showdown, Jerry's World, uh, uh, number seventh-ranked Texas A&M, five-and-a-half-point favorite over number 16th-ranked Hogs. Of Arkansas, Pam. Uh, uh, A&M has not looked great. No, they haven't. Not uh, at all. I, yeah, I mean, they, they do have a strong defense. They have a lot of good players. But to me, I, th- I think this is just too many points for a Sam Pittman team. I mean, a- as an underdog, you know, th- this Arkansas team is tough. Uh, they, they got a lot of support behind them. Uh, th- this is this is kind of like a home game for, for – uh, for, for Arkansas. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Hawks. I think, remind me one, once again what the spread was. Five and a half. Five and a half. I think Texas, or Arkansas covers, but Texas A&M wins it. Okay. I think uh, this is a game where um, Jimbo squeaks it out again and Texas A&M holds on, but they don't look great. And there's still just too many question marks about this team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They need to start to put up some numbers and look look like the the playoff team that you and some others may think they are Al. Well, that's we knew that going into the into the season that they were a team with multiple guys who could they would rely on to be quarterback if they had to and Haynes King goes down so uh, they got Calzada in now, but the, the interesting thing to me is that they just can't they're not punching the ball into the end zone on the ground at all. I mean only a few touchdowns um and then the the AM defense we knew was going to be awesome. Uh so offensively they're finding their footing. Um but this could be a you know it's it's college football. You learn about yourself. You grow usually unless you refuse to change your scheme or your defense. <laughs> and uh I think AM is going to take a big leap forward. I you know the my, everything I'm reading about this thing says take Arkansas against that five and a half. Uh maybe take them to win. Maybe take Arkansas to just be the the darling in the in the conference this year, but I'm not. I'm sticking with AM. I still liked him enough. I was loving Hanks King winning the job. I was so I was rooting for in the offseason. Gets it, gets injured. But what we saw, what we're seeing out of Calzada, capable. And that's all you need to be. Jimbo Fisher can do the rest and make you look good. Just go out and execute. Gonna be an awesome game. I got AM win and the cover, I think. Oh, this this is the game. This is the game of the week. I I think. Really, better than Pitt, New Hampshire. Oh no, no, no! That that's that's a different <laughs> level. I mean, this is like if you look up and down too in the uh, in the SEC, the like rankings wise, all of the the statistics for their units, uh, they match up really well. They're close everywhere except that defense for the Hogs. Suspect Vince 
So this is why I'm liking that coming out party for the Aggie offense this week. One of the, I don't know if I'm looking, uh, they're like either the worst or se- second to last off a uh, defense in the conference. Well, I, I'll say that if this was played in, in uh college station, I, I, I'd may go with, with Texas A&M, but this is, this is in Jerry Jones's house. Uh, who, who's probably, did you see that beautiful Arkansas statue? He donated money for just oh, a bunch God. of pigs running around. And then, uh, you know, you pro- Bobby Bones is probably going to be at this game. Probably Joe Nichols, probably uh, Justin Moore. They're, they're going to have a huge crowd at this game. A huge, a lot of support for Arkansas. This is where uh, game day should have been. Uh, SEC Nation is going to be there. Pro- the real pregame show is going to be at this game. <laughs> I'm sticking with A&M, but this is the t- first true test of uh, my playoff pick and uh i'm i'm gonna be glued to this one 330 kickoff and that brings us to the big noon the biggest noon kickoff pit new hampshire the wildcats the panthers and the lowest television production value of any game going on this weekend i'm sure of it here we go let's pick the score i can't I, I usually, when I'm betting and looking at lines and such, I'm on the PFF green line this season. That's where I've been. Pam, it's not even listed. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not yeah. listed anywhere. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee Tech wasn't listed last week either, so we're in that realm. But uh, I don't know. what What's Pitt winning by? Obviously, we all picked them to win. I think it's going to be 55 to 14, Pitt. Okay. I I, th- I think they're going to come out really fired up. I really do. Th- this offense is, you know, despite all their some of their issues, they're going to they're really going to come out and and just really light this team up. I think the defense is going to respond and do better. You know, I expect them to win sixty two to zero. Oh man, I mean, this is New Hampshire has what? Would you say three penalties all year? Ten penalties? Like, three games? Ten, ten penalties in three games. Impressive, very disciplined offense, uh, very disciplined on defense. I'm a, I think they play Pitt tough. I'm going to pick Pitt to win. Uh, let's go 49 to 11. And I'm going to also make, call my shot. Lucas Kroll scores four touchdowns in one game and goes down as the Al Bundy <laughs> oh, of Pitt tight ends. <laughs> what? What well, what score did you say? Forty nine to eleven. <laughs> New Hampshire gets a late safety. Uh, I, think you, I think they'll go for two. On the, they're so disciplined. You know, I, I be confident. I saw somebody at the Steeler game this past weekend wearing an Al Bundy shirt. So you might you might be on to something there. Whoa, Bundy! And there you have it. <laughs> Pitt, New Hampshire, get ready for it. The palate cleanser for Pitt football as they gear up one last time before it's ACC play. And that does it for another edition of the Hail to Pitt podcast. You know, I had a family a birthday party I went to. They asked us, so, so you guys are going to stop doing the show now just because Pitt lost to West, Western Michigan? said, give me a break. Get out of town. Of course we're going to be back. These are the shows that we do best, I think. This was one hell of a show. Pam's back. <laughs> we got we got all that activity, the anger on Panther Laird. We, we combed over. And you know what? College football moves on. It's not 
it's not that you know we're, there's a very select category of teams that one loss and it's all over with and you panic and there's nothing to play for Vince Pitt's not one of those teams unfortunately and I think uh, you know there's there's some stuff to look forward to the rest of the season most importantly seeing uh, a defender in the middle of the field first and foremost yeah, hopefully. Uh, hopefully we see that. Th- there is a lot to play for. Um, you know, they could still rebound to have a nice season. Uh, you know, they better have a nice season. You know, we, we've said it, you know, at least for me, this is a put up or shut up type year. Uh, you know, they got they got knocked down this past weekend. Now they got to get back up and start punching somebody. Yeah, if this week was the enough's enough game, uh, this this week will be the Chumbawamba game. This pit gets uh, knocked down. They get up again. And uh, they're not, you're not going to keep them down. The Coastal's going to have to answer to the Pitt Panthers in, in some form or fashion. It might not always be pretty, but they're, they're going to be tough to play against. But first and foremost, the Wildcats of New Hampshire. Uh, we have anything left? To, is, is Pam still, is she like rolling on the floor there? What the, what the hell's going yeah. on? Like she, <laughs> she's she's, she's still laughing down. about Al Bundy. I was just, <laughs> yeah, I've been looking can't. at my notes since then. I didn't realize she was like off the, off. Mike and all right. Well, we'll end the show without her. She can laugh her way to New Hampshire. Hopefully, she shows them some respect, though, Vince. And I hope you show them respect this weekend too. Yeah, we will uh, show them some respect after uh, after a huge whooping. All right. Well, that does it, everybody. Thanks for listening at H Two P Shows, where you can follow us on social media, and of course, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Tell your Pit Panther friends that if they're real Panthers. They should be following the Hail to Pit podcast on their favorite podcast platform. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever the hell you get podcasts, we're there. Hail into Pit all the time, each and every single week during the football season. We'll be breaking down this New Hampshire game next week, looking ahead to Georgia Tech. But until then, Vince, tell them. Hail to Pit. Hail to Pit, everybody. See you next week.